DTN has been collecting feedback on tractors, planters, and combines to compare farmer experiences and shed some light on which companies are best serving producers' needs. What are those top companies thinking about for 2021? That's today on Field Posts. DTN Progressive Farmer podcast that dives deeper into the most important trends in agriculture to explore the business's cutting edge. I'm your host, Sarah Mock. Over the past year, DTN's first Reader Insight survey has collected nearly 10,000 pieces of farmer feedback on farm equipment to offer a never-before-seen level of insight about big iron. Here on Field Post, we've spoken to DTN's Dan Miller twice before on individual category winners, but as of the 2020 DTN Ag Summit, the votes are in and the overall best in show in many different categories have been announced. Today, we're featuring a conversation amongst leaders from some of those winning companies, from John Deere and Case IH to Great Plains and Kubota. We'll get to all of that and more right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of Field Post is brought to you by DTN Ag Marketplace. Marketing is a year-round business, but it's not your only job. As you focus on field work, monitor your opportunities, and easily make an offer with help from the free DTN Ag Marketplace app. DTN Ag Marketplace facilitates end-to-end grain sales on your schedule. From your mobile device, you can easily connect to local agribusiness to view current cash bids and futures to sell your grain. Need more accountability in your marketing program? The app lets you set goals and monitor progress and enter and track inventory. Start to confidently market your crops with DTN Ag Marketplace. Download it today for free in the Apple Store. Now, back to the show. DTN Senior Editor Dan Miller led a lively discussion with some of the winners of the DTN Reader Insights Survey at DTN's Ag Summit in December 2020. Let's listen in as he speaks with James Schertz from Great Plains, Brett Davis from New Holland, North America, Laurel Case from John Deere, Ryan Blasick and Dave Brennan from Case IH, Susan Veach from Kinsey, and Todd Stuck from Kubota. James, tell us about Great Plains planter technology. You know, we're pretty excited about this new BD7600 that we launched in January this year. It's bringing uh, some specific game changers that but we all also introduced a completely uh, automated hydraulic system that can be um, fed by any level of prescription map, just like you do on planters. So your level of accuracy and your level of rate consistency just dramatically goes up. Really gets important when you're looking at these double croppers putting in soybeans and you can get a level of precision that you just don't typically get out of other box drills especially up north when you're looking at canola in these extreme low rates and being able to apply it based off a prescription map. Uh, you know, we've proven that technology and ability in planters, but now we're bringing it to, again, a traditional box drill market. Um, really adds a lot of uh, solutions to the customer base that they just didn't have before and being able to manage. Great Plains has an exclusive uh, individual meter per row that can be shut off and Within that meter, you have, in essence, two sizes. You've got a small feed cup and a large feed cup that you can do an entire range of products just with the flip of the switch. 
And then you can even customize it to where you can have row by row front and back ranks to get into, you know, intercropping and or um, inner row type of solutions that uh, you typically have to do with two passes. So that flexibility and that, that capability is, is what you get now with this new BD7600 that we just haven't had before. So again, wide range of operating with a lot of capabilities and then they start to layer in the technology of being able to, you know, record as applied and, you know, apply per a defined rate a map. It, you know, that's an amazing amount of technology that you get in your traditional simple box drum. What it does is, you know, it just gives you that opportunity to uh, do more with a single product. Where do you see things going in planter technology in 10 to 15 years? The, the technology is going to get implied in, you know, areas where you want that versatility. So, for instance, the typical MO that you're going to get into with this type of product has always been a uh, broad acre or a large farm, uh, typical cereal grains, uh, what we call in kind of our backyard, uh, you know, a, a traditional wheat-based rotation, where they're going to have a wheat, milo, probably soybeans rotation that you can then manage that input with a single product. And now you're starting to see because of the flexibility and some of the accuracy we get that this product's pushing back into the corn belt in many areas where you're, you know, you're double cropping soybeans, uh, you're double cropping soybeans with a, with a uh, as rate applied uh, cover crop at the same time. Everyone in the ag equipment and especially the OEM side of the implements are really pushing towards the autonomy. How do we get to a product that's much more intelligent than we have today, either gathering the right amount of information or providing that advice. And so those are the roadmap elements that we're looking at with Great Plains is how do we then just take this basic product and either through sensor development or sensor and technology development applied to the product. Brent, tell me about how New Holland is adapting to COVID-19. There's nothing positive about the COVID situation, but we did learn a lot about ourselves. We did learn a lot more about our company, about our customers, and how we interact with our dealers as well. Um, our offices have generally been closed. We had to close our factories for a little while. They're all up and running again. Uh, we had some supply disruptions, supply chain disruptions, because of this global supply chain. Uh, we've seemed to gotten around that now. Uh, we, one of the things that was most interesting to me was being able to predict the marketplace and uh it in the beginning you know there was a lot of doomsday everything you know, was doom and gloom and quite frankly it certainly didn't turn out in the marketplace that way um and and i kind of thought it would be relatively reasonably stable uh one surprise for me but then after understanding it better was the smaller tractors the the, the hobby farmers the do-it-yourselfers they they're buying at a pace like we've never seen and they bought a lot of under 60 horsepower equipment in terms of tractors and some different implements. What features are farmers asking for in technology? You know, we continue to invest in technology. Um, we can, in, in, in precision and, and, and information and connectivity uh, with our open platforms. I think we're very proud of that, making sure that we can solve the needs of the producers. Now, one of the things that I always find to be very challenging is, and this is why you have to listen to your customers and your dealers, is that not all customers are alike. So customer A wants something uh, with the best, with the highest level of sophistication where they're willing to pay for it 
and you know, and they want this engineering, and 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 again, they they see the direct benefit from having that. Now, I can't say all the customers have those needs, so you you can't just make a tractor that has everything known to man available on it and give it to a customer who's not going to use it because that's the, the, they'd be overpaying. So, what levels of technology are farmers interested in? Basic diagnostics is a must. I think I think everybody would say that. You know, so it's the connectivity, the basic diagnostics of the tractor. I think is a uh, is, is is the starter. Okay, uh, where they you know can they have all the information readily to diagnose the issues with their tractors, make sure that the downtime is minimized. Um, that's key. Then you get into more of the uh, advanced uh, subscription stuff on the high horsepower tractors and combines. And there, and there, they're looking for you know agronomic data and other types of data that they can also they can either use or pass on to an expert that can help them leverage what they're doing on the farm. So we see that they want to know, and they want very advanced statistics on the uh, the efficiency of the tractor. But beyond that, they want to start to get agronomic data as well and be able to support it all in one place and send it to someone to analyze. And that, that's what you'll see in the in cash crop. Tractor technology, I think uh, you'll continue to see um, advancements in the gathering of the data. You know, again, for those that need that uh, data, you'll, you'll see continuous advancements there. That's coming. I think you're going to see some alternative fuel opportunities as well. Um, and, and then the while the technology, I mean, you're seeing a lot of work on what I would call autonomous. I mean, tractors are virtually... I call them semi-autonomous now. Uh, fully autonomous is going to have a place. I wouldn't be surprised if the agricultural industry and the tractor industry skips over electric completely and goes to use different alternative fuels. Now, obviously, biofuels can be used. Um, there's not a lot being used today. There is encouragement by certain states to use it. Um, so I think you'll see some movement there. Uh, a lot of it you know, a lot of the challenges with a lot of things in our industries is, oh, yeah, we have the technology, no problem, but it's the infrastructure. So you need to be uh, a solution provider, not just a tractor builder. So if you're going to use some biofuel, how do you get the biofuel to the farm? That's the question. Uh, the 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 uh, to, to build a biodigester on a farm is probably not economically feasible for most customers but there is other alternatives. So you have a vision about the concept of tractor ownership? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised someday if it's more you're buying the tractor on a subscription as opposed to buying just the tractor. And, you know, you, it's going to charge you by the hour and it's going to tell you to do this and tell you what's right for you. So a totally connected, it's going to bill you everything on the screen right in front of you. Laura, what is John Deere's vision of its relationship with farmers? So when you think about what John Deere can do for farmers and what we can do with our equipment, John Deere is known for its equipment in the farming industry. And as we think about what we can do from a production standpoint is help farmers farm easier and, and help them kind of dispel some of these challenges that they're working through on a daily basis variability is inherent in farming. And so it's up to us to kind of reduce some of those challenges that farmers are tasked with, which is creating um, or producing more food for a growing global population, 
uh, while we're also working with reduced land and, and the challenges and the variability of weather. So what are the key technology drivers for deer? We're always thinking about how we can help them manage the decisions that they have to go through every day when they're working in the field. There's over 140 decisions that a farmer might have to make in any given day or time, depending on where they're at in their production cycle. And the more we can do to automate or take away some of the redundant or mundane tasks that farmers have to do so that they can focus on analyzing the data and getting to that level of precision so they can micromanage each and every plant so that every plant can be as successful as possible. Tell us about Deere's automation efforts. We're looking at automating the tasks for the farmer to where they can use their um, intelligence, their background, their experience as a farmer to make more informed decisions for the future. So no matter where they're at, um, whether they're planting, spraying, harvesting, they're collecting data, they're collecting information so they can make those decisions for future, either future runs of that crop or for future um, seasons of that crop as well. And um, so we're doing that with different technologies today, but then we're also looking not just from the farmer standpoint, but also the plant standpoint. Ryan, Case H says that its combines make good operators better and great operators even greater. Can you explain that? So with AFS Harvest Command, we can actually, the system will change as frequently as every 20 seconds. So it's constantly looking and optimizing, and that involves some operator input as well, but it's very, very simple. So it's looking behind the machine saying, okay, what are my losses looking like? Looking in the window in the grain tank saying, okay, cracks, broken, material other than grain. There is a gain in efficiency, but there is also an opportunity cost or value to the system, correct? What's the opportunity cost, right? Could you be helping manage other units on your farm? Could you be marketing and selling grain as well? So not only are you getting a better, cleaner, and more of a sample, but you're also allowed to do other things, take note of conditions in the field, right? Um, really make sure that you know your corn header is set properly, your draper header is set properly. Really pay attention to the minute details. Ryan, if you're looking down the road 10, 15 years, what is the harvest environment going to look like? If we look at autonomy, it's is what is the plan for autonomy? Is it swarm where we have more units and they're smaller? Is it bigger units and they're more logistically coordinated? We launched the autonomous tractor, right? The, the Case IH autonomous tractor. And I think, you know, that's a radical concept, right? Not every uh, uh, concept tractor was going to be built with, you know, um, Dodge Viper Red on it and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think it kind of shows the future. And, and our sister brand, New Holland, had one there too. And it was a production intent tractor with all the, you know, technology on it that's still allowed to be self, self-driving. self So I think there's certainly autonomy. You know, that's the biggest thing I hear from our customers is it's hard to find good labor. It's far hard to find, you know, experienced help. And if I have a way that I can not only, you know, increase my profit margins, Uh, and also, you know, utilize technology to do a better job. It's certainly something that they're looking towards. Dave, what is Case's state-of-the-art planter? The state-of-art technology that's built into these planters anymore with the the onboard decisions, the onboard technology, um, whether that's in the form of of down pressure, so row unit, uh, you know, ground contact where we're placing that seed accurately uh, in terms of depth, right? Um, So, 
that's probably uh, one of the biggest, most mind blowing things. Um, one of the, one of the other things that I, you know, I would refer back to, and, and I, I think about my days growing up on a farm in Northwest Iowa, which you think of Northwest Iowa, you might think of, of rocks, right? Cause well, we had plenty of them and, uh, I could never imagine growing up, uh, rolling through the field, accurately placing seed, um, at a 10 mile an hour speed. And we're doing it today. What's your expectations for planters in the future? I'll kind of go back to the technology statement, right? And start there. I mean, it's, uh, I think we're going to com- continue and we are continuing to, to, uh, bring additions into, um, you know, bringing more data into the cab, uh, bringing more, um, more automation into the cab so that, you know, we all know that labor is probably for the most part not easy to find skilled labor, I should say, when it comes to operators all the time. Um, and, and if we can take some of those decisions that those operators need to make on the fly in the field, and maybe aren't necessarily educated to make, if we can make that for them and make it accurately um, and make it agronomically, if I can say that, um, you know, the, the, that's all, that's something we're going to continue to expound upon. Some of some of the other things we look at, like I talked about that onboard technology and measuring some of those those soil conditions. Um, you know, I know our friends and, and, and our partners at uh, Precision Planning have done um, a lot of work with measuring organic matter. Um, and we're, we're partnered up with them for some of that information as well to gain some of that sensor technology to measure things like ground temperature and and, um, you know, and drive some of those decisions and agronomic decisions. Susie, are there key functions in Kinsey planters that you're especially happy with? For example, the Blue Vantage interface and Blue Drive? Yes, I would say, um, you know, in general, it's the, the system that we have created, you know, the user interface that is so easy to use. Um, and, and then, of course, the, the back end uh, hardware and architecture. And so the, the uh platform of data transfer or data communication across the planet we're using ethernet which you know in the in the business world that's been around many many years and we are the only planner manufacturer that's using that across the planner and it's it's a very uh, robust system it's very fast communication and really it's the platform that as we add more features and options it's it's ready for that we don't have to change our architecture to do that can you give us insight into how Kinsey is improving planner productivity? Yeah, well, um, you know, some of the things that, that we, we are talking about, you know, in, in general and some a little more specific of what we're working on. Um, but, you know, the capability for shared mapping is coming very soon, you know, uh, for if you have two Kinsey planners in the same field for them to be able to talk to each other and, and share data and you can know where one and the other is. Um, that's something that we have a lot of requests for our international large farming operations, uh, especially in Ukraine, Russia, those parts, uh, as well as here, large farms are also requesting that. Um, also the, the cloud technology and the ability to, um, you know, transfer data without using a, a USB drive, uh, that sort of thing is, is something that we're working on and we'll have soon. Um, and then, you know, there's a number of other things as we just look and say, okay, what's out there and, and uh, what, what sorts of things are we seeing in other industries? You know, like, for example, as I talked to most recently to some of our engineers, you know, we're seeing in other industries battery 
technology really progress? I mean, if you look at your iPhone, how many of us that heavily use those phones, especially now, if, if we're doing a combination of maybe working offsite, um, you know, the, the reliance we have on it having a battery and you not having to set it down and charge it is really important. And so, I mean, that doesn't matter if it's an iPhone or, a, or you know, whether it's a consumer device or a, something on a planter. And I think uh, we are already seeing, you know, in other industries, those advances. And I think that will be coming very soon to ag is that ability to really have, you know, longer life batteries and really maximize what's happening there. And that's just, you know, one of many examples. How is Kinsey fine-tuning its planters, and how is it moving to autonomous operations? You know, more row-by-row uh, automation and precision, and, um, you know, we've, we continue to integrate things into the Blue Vantage display, you know, downforce, fertilizer, and um, insecticide, and, you know, the mapping capabilities and the prescription mapping capabilities row by row, and everything is just getting more and more granular, being able to have an autonomous uh planting system, you know, a tractor and planter running in the field, truly autonomously with no driver in the cab, a autonomous harvest system. We actually had grain carts placed with customers that were running in the field with no uh, farmer in the cab. Todd, COVID has had an interesting effect on lower horsepower tractors. Can you explain that? Yeah. So when we look at but the market this year is is the under 100 horsepower tractor is at all time highs and, and this year it's you know even climbed anymore and you know we asked ourselves why and i think there's you know we have some of the covid effect but probably more importantly is the work from home and you know people are moving from the the big cities going out into the countryside or suburban side and they're moving in into acreage and and they want to do stuff themselves and you know it fits perfectly for compact tractors and and you know the attachments and the products that Kubota makes uh, we feel that this will will continue uh, it's going to continue to be a, a strong market what technology features are customers asking for in the Kubotas they buy um, you know it's starting to come um, and we're seeing it more and more obviously technology is more embedded in you know over 100 horsepower tractors but you know you're starting to see it uh, you know we're seeing some use cases for you know low-cost auto guidance to you know telematics where you know the customer can um, have apps and, and see where his tractor is and how his tractor is doing maintenance guides and so forth so um, technology is on our forefront and, you know, how do we adapt that to this segment is going to be key. And, and we'll see more of that in the next few years, a few short years. So Kubota is looking at battery power. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot in the industry of, of, you know, the, what Tesla has done with electric cars and so forth. Uh, will that be adopted? So, you know, nobody knows right now because you got to get the cost base and, and the value matched. And, um, and if you can do that, then you can uh, drive that, that technology in, in this segment. We showed some test machines at our, our, our Japanese dealer meeting um, when I was over there in, in January of this year. So obviously it's on our forefront, but, you know, we're still years away from because you got to perfect the performance, reliability, uh, the cycle times, uh, cost, all that. But uh, it's obviously something on our radar. 
Well, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you to our industry experts for the great panel discussion. DTN and Progressive Farmer congratulates you for the Reader Insights Awards your companies have won. You can learn more about DTN's Reader Insights survey results and see all of the presentations and discussions hosted at the 2020 DTN Ag Summit by visiting dtnpf.com. This episode of Field Post was brought to you by the team at DTN Progressive Farmer, with special thanks to Matt Wildy. This episode was produced and edited by me, Sarah Mock, with support by Greg Hillier, Katie Dellinger, and Kylie Swanson. And a big thanks to all of you for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And until then, remember, the future of farming is here. Today's episode is brought to you by MyDTN. In today's environment, it's essential, more than ever, to get the most current and accurate information to help save your valuable resources and continue to be profitable. Get access to all the information you need to deal with this change from DTN. As the leading independent trusted source of actionable insights and market information, MyDTN gives you accurate weather forecasts, the most extensive database of grain bids, and the most timely news and analysis from our award-winning news team. These features and more are available 24-7 via desktop, laptop, and any mobile device to be with you on the go. Learn more at mydtn.com and start a free 14-day trial. Now, back to the show.